Welcome to Winning the Game of Life. Known as Jungle Man at the poker table, Dan Cates has gone from being the bag boy at McDonald's with no friends and a dead-end future to winning over $11 million in online poker, over $7 million in live tournaments, and is a World Series of Poker champion. He has found fame, fortune, been to incredible places all over the globe, and connected with some amazing people. It looks like Dan has won the game of life, but that is not the way he sees it. Dan sees winning as doing his part to help everyone in the world win. He knows he can't do it alone, though. He knows it's going to take a collective effort with anyone that wants to see the same thing. Join us each week as Dan starts the conversation to do just that. On the show, Dan will interview incredible individuals that have made the impossible possible. Those that have won the game of life and those that want to help others win as well. Hit subscribe and follow Dan's journey on Instagram at TheDanCates. Let's explore anyone and anything that can help make this world a better place, increasing the odds of us all winning the game of life. And now, here's your host, Dan Cates. What's up, guys? It's Dan Cates, and I've got a very special guest with me today. I've got uh, a social media star, a uh, streaming star, one of the biggest streaming, the biggest streaming star in the world, the first ever, first ever one to be um, featured in an ESPN Sports Magazine uh, with 24 million followers on YouTube, 17 million followers on Twitch, millions of followers everywhere else, um, and now uh, kind of a poker star too. Uh, Tyler, what's up? Otherwise known as Ninja. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, on, an honor to have you on the show. Thank you, man. Honor to be here, dude. Excited. Excited for this next hour. Me too. Me too. So uh, tell us a bit about yourself, Tyler. Where did it all begin? Um, how did, uh, where did uh, the legend of Ninja uh, start? Um, so the name Ninja that I chose as my gamer tag was um, something, it was like a move in Halo back in the day where, uh, and, and it wasn't named after me, by the way, this is just what people would call it when it happened. Um, you know, you were playing Halo 2 or Halo 1, Halo 3, and it was a first-person shooter, so it's easy to lose people, you know, when you're going around corners. So yeah, you yeah. Would take, you, yeah, you would take like a tight corner, right? When someone's chasing you, you're one shot, you would like jump up as they lose vision of you and then get behind them when they uh -huh. turn the corner, and then you would back smack them, and you would call, it, it's, it, you would just be like, get ninja'd, right? Or you just ninja'd that person, and I was like, dude, I love this name. Um, and I did it to somebody when I was, you know, I was super young, 14, 15. I was like, oh, I was like, get fucking ninja'd. And I was like, oh my God, I got to have that as my gamer tag. I'm like, how do I get the F word as my gamer tag on Xbox Live? Uh, and that was a, so that took some theory crafting, but eventually I made it like E-F-F-I-N-N -N space ninja. And that, that was where I started my professional Halo career uh, was as FN ninja. It was pretty funny. Fast forward another six, seven years. I'm still streaming or I'm still competing. And then streaming becomes a thing um, on Justin TV. Started streaming there. Fast forward, Justin TV becomes Twitch. I start streaming Battle Royales that come out. Um, this is like, oh, this, this is 10 year span, right? Um, H1Z1 comes out, PUBG comes out. I'm competing, I'm winning tournaments. Battle Royales are blowing up. Uh, then Fortnite comes out. And then the rest is history. Uh, big fan of the blue hair. I, I, Thank um, you, man. I didn't, I dyed my hair blue before I knew your hair was blue, but it's, uh, it's more popular than I thought. Uh, it feels like it might even, well, I don't know. It feels like, uh, 
feel like I've seen a few uh, stars have it as well. Yeah, they're, uh, I, I think the only one that like I can 100% take, um, take credit for oh, yeah? was the half blue, half red. Okay. Um, okay. I, did, I, did it, I did it straight down the middle, half blue, half red. Um, and it looked so clean. It was like, it was freaking gorgeous. I loved it. And it, when I washed it throughout months, it faded into an even, even cooler looking color. And there were, um, there are at least, at least two other celebrities that, that did that after one of them was Chris Brown and it was the exact same color straight down the middle. Oh, really? Uh, color way. Chris Brown dyed the color I, of it. There's no proof that, you know, because it, obviously it was never like an interview or anything, or I don't think he's ever been asked, but it was definitely after it was after. And, and uh, yeah, man, that was probably my favorite, uh, my favorite hair colors to this to date. All right. All right. The red and blue. Yeah. Um, why, why the red and blue out of curiosity? Um, I just, obviously it had to be blue. And uh, at this point we were doing so many um, colors and we just wanted to mix something up. Right. We wanted to like, set the uh kind of raise the bar and just do something different um and i had a wonderful conversation with my stylist and they were like let's do like two colors and i was like all right all right sweet awesome yeah i'm all i'm a big fan of raising the bar and being outside of the box absolutely man um and by the way my name also happened to be given to me my nickname jungle man happened to be given to me people just started calling me that and that's where the online nickname came from is jungle just- man yeah, yeah. Uh, funny when it's like fate that chooses it or random people. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, the same, it was pretty much the same thing with Ninja. It was like a, a thing that everyone talked about. It wasn't mine. Um, I was like, dude, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kind of take this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, and I know that uh, Halo Three is the first game you played, right? Um, competitively, yes, I did play Halo oh, Two. Uh, you know, in the basement with the brothers and. You know the whole neighborhood, right? We're we're playing and gaming and landing and competing and stuff like that. Um, okay. So, but I, I I mean I actually go goes all the way back to Halo One, really. Um, I I happen to know quite a bit about that. I I never played professionally. I thought it was pretty good. I could beat my friends and all that, but I got my ass handed to me online. Um, yeah, I'm I'm curious how you turned this into something that was uh, a professional thing. This seems like incredibly tough, and I don't know what kind of percentile in the world you need to be to do this, but it must be over 99.9th percentile, I would assume. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're making money, com- like if you're competing and making money, absolutely. Uh, it's top 1%, and that's pretty much it. Um, but everyone starts out literally just like, I mean, just kind of like you experienced it um, where you're, you know, you're beating everybody locally, right? And mm-hmm. But you're struggling maybe online or you're struggling when you go to actual tournaments, when you start bringing in other people outside of, you know, your city. And, yeah. uh, and that's pretty much how, it, that's how it is within in Halo and, and in any game, right? You're like, you're going, you're landing with your buddies, you're playing with all your friends. Oh, you're the best in your high school. It's like, all right, great. That's cool. But now like, if you're actually trying to win big money and you're trying to make it like, now you got to start beating against playing against everyone else. Who's the best in their state or in their high school. And, um, and it, it blows up from there. Yeah. So did you, did you struggle? Was there a period, was there a period where you're like, where you got, where you're frustrated and working hard? Um, and then, uh, or was it just always natural? Just always, uh, pure ascension. Yeah, it was definitely pure ascension. I would say, um, started, I mean, started dominating my, my neighbors, my brothers, um, everyone in the local area, uh, 
And then online comes out, Xbox Live comes out in Halo 2, started dominating there. Um, like was just really good. Then Halo 3 comes out. I'm I'm dominating even more there online. I'm like, all right, let's start going to tournaments, started going to tournaments, started winning money there. Um, and then yeah, made it to the pro level and at the end of Halo 3, beginning of Halo Reach. And then that was when I started my streaming career. Okay. Okay. Were you already making like good money from that or no, uh, no one was no one was making good money um because unless you were literally winning first place at every tournament all the way until the finals like the grand finals which is so MLG had a circuit where you know first place 20,000 first place 20,000 first place 20,000 fourth place uh fourth tournament first place 20,000 and then there's like the the um you know the grand finale I forgot what it was called nationals right okay. and uh first place 250,000 or like a million and then you would split it um, it might've been 250. I think it was 250,000 for first place. And then, you know, you had four players on the team. You're splitting 50 K, 50 K, 50 K, 50 K. And like, right. and, and again, first place, like, and then that's not counting travel expenses to get there because this was before organizations were a thing. And really you weren't being paid, um, you know, by anyone really to do what you're doing. You weren't being paid at all. You weren't salaried. It was like, you were, it was purely profit off of maybe sponsors that you were getting somehow or tournament winnings. Okay. Okay. So you had to be like legit, like the actual best in the world at Halo out of what are uh, millions of people to make like any kind of good money. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and I was like, and again, I wasn't making good money, man. I was winning. Like I was getting like six, six place, like toward like the, the middle of my Halo career, I was getting like top eight, top six, which was like five grand, 10 grand, something like that. Okay. All right. Um, and what uh what traits would you say contributed to being like incredibly good you still must have been i mean over 99.99th percentile in halo i presume something like that something yeah. really outrageous uh i mean i would have guessed that you must be playing like really a lot because that's how i got a good at games that's how i got in po- good in poker um and that sort of thing but maybe i don't know it sounded like you you just like kept crushing what yeah i mean it was um it was i was just play all day man i mean gaming was my life uh, and streaming really they were both um pretty much went hand in hand my entire life uh if i wasn't you know playing soccer in high school or you know being in school because i had to be um i was playing video games practicing and just you know getting really 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 good and then when i stopped competing and i well, basically just kind of went streaming full time. Um, sorry, my dogs are making an appearance in the, the, the podcast. Um, I don't know if you can hear them. Um, I don't know how you can't because that's our little Chewiegle and he is just crazy. Um, and yeah, I would just basically try to go full time streaming and then end up just getting sucked back into my competitive nature and, and start like trying to play in, in tournaments of the game that I was streaming. Um, like that was like H1Z1. H1Z1 is this battle royale game, you know, last man standing wins. And then eventually there, you know, a pro scene started to develop and I'm just like, mm, all right, like I, I won't, I won't just like kind of pub around anymore. And, you know, I guess uh, in, in poker terms, uh, I'm, I'm going to stop playing, like just playing like cash games online and, you know, win some money there. I'm actually going to start going to like real tournaments. I'm going to start kind of, you know, go and compete and, uh, and, and play with some of the real pros instead of just kind of picking off noobs. And, and that's how, that's how I've been my entire life, man. I mean, even, even like two years ago, a year ago, I was competing in Valorant a game that came out 
And I was, a, again, I, I, you know, retired, right? No more competing. And then I was like, ah, it was COVID was going on. I was like, ah, you know what? Maybe I'll make a team, made a team. <laughs> we started playing against some pros and beating some pro teams. And it's like, oh man. But then again, reality kind of set back in and I was spending way too much time on the game um, and, and away from, you know, the wife and my family. And, and I, I had to, I, I, I am able now to see that without someone like having to you know, snap me out of it and be like, do you know what you're doing? I'm like, I know what I'm doing. I'll stop. I, I need to take a step back and, you know, I have different priorities now. Yeah. I, I should ask about that myself because I've struggled with that myself, especially in my twenties where I just be like full into poker and didn't realize the importance of giving people like the proper attention that are, that means something to you. Right. Uh, did, uh, like what kind of age did you start to shift your priorities a little bit? And what kind of hours were we talking about with playing, um, with playing games where you're just playing like all day, every day? Like, was it like literally 16 hours a day or I mean, yeah, you, you nailed it. Oh, That's really? pretty much it, man. 16 hours a day, every day for like 10 years, man. I mean, honestly, pretty much my entire life, man. Like outside after high school, I was, if I, again, man, if I wasn't, sleeping eating or like you know so, like i was playing video games or streaming um and I i'm 30 years old now i would say probably like two years ago a year and a half ago is when i like came to this you know magical understanding that like i can take a day off or even end my stream early and only stream four hours or six hours you know be live at 8 a.m i can be live at 8 a.m and i can get off at noon or two and have the entire day and an entire night to hang out with family and friends. Um, and that's more than okay. That's not going to hurt my brand. It's not going to hurt me. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an understanding. It's something that I really, really wish I came to, uh, came to a long time ago. And, and I've been talking to a lot of younger streamers and people who are coming up and things like that and trying to, you know, teach them what I wish I knew back in the day, um, which was uh, one day off isn't going to kill you, man. Um, even ending your stream a little bit early, it's not going to kill you. And there are nights that I wish I had back and things that I wish I didn't miss, um, you know, with nights with my family when they had friends over and I would just be in the basement playing video games instead of, you know, just coming up and hanging out and having dinner and, you know, but Hey, I, I can't fully, I, I can't complain because here I am, you know, I, I have the life that I have right now. I'm super blessed. Uh, and who knows, maybe I wouldn't have gotten here if I didn't do that every night. Um, but I do like to think again, one, one or two nights a week, or even one night a week, it's just like, take a day off or take a night off. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, imagine it'd be tough for like, uh, you're, you're married. Uh, are you married or yeah. with a, oh, okay. Okay. Married. Yep. No kids, three dogs. <laughs> so kind of like a kid, man. Yeah, I mean, truly same thing. I was thinking like dogs are like little kids, sort of like they are, man. We can't leave them for too long. Right. Like they're not like a cat. I can't, we can't like go on a vacation and, and, have you know have them shit in a litter box for a week and have food that just auto dispenses right um but it's yeah responsibility we got that all right yeah i was thinking uh like i had a i had a girlfriend for seven years and like one thing that i i regret a bit i should have i should have done the day off thing yeah. uh i was like grinding full-time poker 16 hour it, it was basically 16 hours of day two i'd like squeeze in the gym and otherwise, I would just wake up, walk over to the poker room and play at least points in time. And then she'd be there. And then, you know, 
but it just it it uh it eventually affected the relationship and it's one uh, of, those- of course yeah, yeah. Man, that's what happened with Je- that's what i'm with jess i mean we got to like i learned okay i learned balancing a like not the way i know it now but i definitely learned it back then with her um when we were you know first couple of years of our relationship she would come over hang out for the weekend and like i'm I, dude i that i that I, I would stream until like 10 o'clock at night and she would be there the whole time and she'd be like on her laptop and then she'd go work out and she'd come back and it's like are we gonna do anything and i'm just like i mean we could go to dinner maybe and it's and then i'd like get right back on or some shit dude it was dude looking back now it's like i, I was delusional man <laughs> so what happened that changed that what what was the magic moment was it just you woke up one day and you're like you know what maybe i should uh you know be a little bit uh you know show a little uh, love uh, a little fucking effort yeah i i think she just was like i, I like she just like talked to me and was like tyler do you know that when i come visit so when i would visit her i wouldn't bring my setup and and because she was in college uh when i was and we would take turns visiting each other every week it's like an hour drive it was nothing crazy and i would not bring my stuff so like i was already kind of like getting to that moment where i i wasn't gaming when we were hanging out but when she would come over to visit me i would still stream and then eventually she was just like time when i come visit you i would like if you you know if we actually did stuff it's like okay i mean it was understandable but then i was also like you know but you know i i told her like tournaments are always going to take precedent um because obviously like i'm a prof- i was a prof- i was still a professional gamer at the time when we started dating so i i had an obligation to get on with my teammates you know every night every other night in practice right that was something that um i i was going to prioritize and i did prioritize for a long time okay okay well it sounded like sort of a smooth transition like there's no it was it wasn't a i'm leaving it was like a oh, this is this is a real problem we need to fix this like it was more mm-hmm. like and that was and then boom yeah cool Cool. It's nice to learn things the nice way. Yeah, 100%, man. So um, related to that, uh, how did you... It sounded like you guys knew each other before uh, you gained a massive following on social media. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, she... I mean, we we had a crush on each other when I didn't... Like, I had no social media presence. We just met at a tournament in Wisconsin, um, a local tournament. She was there with her ex-boyfriend. I went there with my friend who dragged me there because I was the best player in the area and he wanted to win and we did win. We ended up winning first place in, in the team tournament. Um, yeah. And I mean, I was super attracted to her. I thought she was the prettiest. I mean, she was hands down the prettiest girl there and, but she was dating someone I wasn't. So we added each other on Facebook and then fast forward, like three years later, four years later, we were both single and we just made a date. Awesome. It sounds yeah. like, Kind almost a love, almost a almost a Disney love story, isn't it? Dude, it, it really was. Well, I mean, like it, you know, maybe if we met in her hometown when I was visiting, like that would have been like the hallmark moment um, where I, I go and visit her in her small hometown of Wausau, Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, it really was um, truly like we both got through these points of our life where I mean, dude, I had a relationship, you know, on and off through those three years. I was not a good boyfriend, man. I would, I was in the basement playing video games, streaming 18 hours a day, 16 hours a day. Um, so it got to that point four, three, four years later where we are like both kind of starting to settle down a little bit and mature. Um, it was really honestly the perfect time. Okay. For both of us. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'm happy for you. 
Thank you, um, man. And it sounds it sounds like uh, yeah, through even becoming even after becoming famous, nothing changed. Like that part, I find to be kind of inspiring because I feel like a lot of people would have trouble in their relationship as as that went on. Um, it's it, it seemed like a well, I want to talk about that a little bit because I want to talk about your rise to fame. Uh, what exactly happened? And it seemed like it was really it must have been a hell of a boom to get to where you're at now. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been doing it for so long and I, I mean, all cockiness aside, I always felt like I was like, just, I had the talent, I had the humor, I had, you know, everything that I needed, the tools, if you will, to, to really be one of the, you know, the biggest streamers in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was doing it for so long and I have a really good family, um, and brothers to, you know, always keep me humble. Same with my mom and dad and Jess. Um, so throughout that entire process, yeah, I mean, I never developed an ego, um, and, and really it was kind of one of those, like, finally moments, not like, uh, uh, oh, I always knew this would happen. Like I deserve this. And then like, you know, become this cocky little shit. Um, it, so I, I think that if it happened to me when I was younger, God knows, and I definitely wouldn't be sitting here today. Um, I probably would have lost my mind, you know, on social media and got this crazy God complex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, definitely, yeah, a lot of people seem to lose their heads over ego. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, the younger you are, man, the harder it is to, to stay level-headed, man. I mean, you, you look at all the childhood stars, right? Who, you know, the Hollywood stars who, I mean, dude, a lot of them just, yeah, I mean, they just crack out, right? And, and they just kind of fall off and, and not fall off like talent-wise, they just kind of lose themselves. Um, and rightfully so with all the pressure and, and everything that comes with, you know, being a childhood actor and things like that. Um, but yeah, the younger you are, I think the more susceptible you are to the bad friends and bad people who change the way you think. If you have a, you know, I didn't have any yes men in my life when I was streaming and when I was like on the come up, which I think is a good thing yeah, to find somebody telling me, you know, you're, you're totally in the right when I'm being a total asshole. That's just going to make me keep doing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I personally believe that, uh, you know, uh, the closer you stay to the truth, the, the more, the better it ends up in the long run. And to be humble is, is essentially as being as close to the truth as you can. And it's also remembering to treat people well and to not, uh, let it go to your head too much and in, in poker. Uh, yeah. The, letting you get to your head happens. I've seen it a million times. It's, it's the best way to lose money is to think you're God's yeah. gift. Oh, dude! At the end of the day, man, like it, it's the the flops, the flop, the turns, the turn, the rivers, the river. Like I don't care how good of a poker player you are, man. If you're not getting the deck, like it, people go cold all the time. Like you can be the best poker player in the world. Like if I flop the nuts, like I don't care who you are, right? And that's pretty much. So you, I think you, I think you have to stay humble in poker, man. Otherwise, I think that yeah, exactly. Just what you said. I mean, dude, if yeah, you think, oh man, I'm gonna hit this on the river, call like a you know, triple three X, four X bet or something. And you're and it's like, you're screwed, man. Yeah. It's uh, I haven't seen any poker players that hit, uh, consistently hit, uh, eight hour, eight percenters on the turn or 16%. <laughs> it takes a, it takes a while. Um, yeah. so I got a question. Uh, there's a lot of people that want to be a social media star or they want to be a star in some kind of way or, um, uh, be really big at what they do. What advice would you give them? Do you have any? Um, I mean, the number one thing 
when it comes to streaming, I, I can speak about pretty much anything. I mean, if you have a talent at something and you are very, very good at something, um, mm-hmm. it's just about getting it out there. And like, sh- like, and nowadays, TikTok is going to be your number one way to grow on social media. I think Instagram Reels is actually f- fantastic too. Um, Instagram, Reels? Yeah. Instagram, Instagram Reels is, if you're uploading to TikTok, oh, yeah. you should be uploading to Instagram Reels as well and Snapchat, things like that. Just You just copy and paste the, the format and just upload it um, across all of, your, all of your platforms. I would even say YouTube Shorts as well. I don't think you're going to see the same growth across everything, but you know, there's no reason to only be in one area, number one, because you could potentially grow in another. Um, and just again, just re- like record the content and get it out there. If you're the best chef in the world, or you know, I don't know, at vegan food or something like that, or you're really good at literally anything, right? When I when I'm saying literally anything, I mean if you if you are the best or a, an incredibly talented person at knitting, at juggling, at you know, pr- d- d- you know, juggling a baseball with a golf club. I mean, you know what I mean? Like there are some people that just have these weird talents. Just showcase it, right? Upload it, um, and and con- and be consistent. Okay. Well, do they like do 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 you know anyone who's got like a weird talent that's uploaded tons of content and just made a lot of money, like juggling or like uh, <laughs> or just something really esoteric? I mean, I think I don't know about making a lot of money. Getting the following is is the first thing, and then making money comes after. Uh, you can get brand deals and things like that, and, and uh, do paid advertisements on your on your social posts, and that's how you can probably start. Um, but dude, I mean, just go to TikTok, man. Scroll through TikTok for you know, an hour, if you've never made an account, you'll have to get through all the thirst traps. There's going to be a lot of girls uh, on your for you page because for some reason, that's what TikTok just forces right away. But if you swipe right away instantly or you just hold it and click not interested, you'll start getting into, you know, the algorithm will figure out what you like and you just stumble upon the weirdest things, man. I mean, the amount of people and 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 cooking, like people will just do like this, these like little montage edits of like cooking for a meal, start to finish. It'll be a minute long video. And um, like the, there are these two guys they cook in the woods and they only use like wooden bowls and like, like they start the fire by themselves, like, and they, and they cook with all these natural ingredients and like, they'll put the camera by the board. They'll like throw the onion up, cut, catch the onion with this like super manly, crazily overly sized knife. Dice it up real quick. Boom. And, and the, like to the beat of kind of like what, like, Oh, really? Really? They, 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 they like make like a little mini B with it. Yeah. And then like a, until and then they'll show you the finished product and they'll have millions of views because it's incredibly aesthetically pleasing to watch. And of course, people probably want to look at the recipe and try it themselves. And that's just cooking. You know, some people just want to, you know, again, you juggle to a, a soccer ball to an incredibly, you know, viral song. And okay. like that can go viral, too, man. TikTok's a it's a beautiful beast. Huh. Okay. I guess they can get all the camping uh, sponsorships or something. Yeah, some natural stuff like uh, tents. Seriously, know. like, yeah. I mean, no one's really it, going after those, I guess. So. Nope. <laughs> okay. Who would have thought? Maybe I will uh, check it out myself just to see what's going on in the TikTok world. I've heard it's the, yeah, the, the way to make, to go. I've heard it's the way to become famous. It's definitely the way to build a following. If like in today's day and age, I feel like a lot of other places, there's really not, a, there's almost no discoverability on Twitter. I mean, I don't think you, I don't think you're going to blow up on Twitter nowadays. Like you kind of just get a following and then tell them to follow you there. If that makes sense. And then you kind of, sure, sure. you know, then you tweet your thoughts and shit like that. And then maybe you'll grow. I think that's one of the, pl- that's one of the platforms where you need a following to gain a following, right? Like TikTok, you can just create really good content and that that'll hit the algorithm and it'll push your content. Whereas like Twitter doesn't like push tweets, you know? Okay. Okay. 
Uh, that makes sense. That's uh, it's interesting. I always personally thought you had to, yeah, I mean, I guess you have to find a way to get it out, get out the talent anyway. You can't just right. like, it's not going to spread itself really. It's a hundred percent. And that's why the, it, you know, YouTube and, and Twitter are, I'm sorry, YouTube and TikTok are the, and Instagram reels. Like that's why there is an algorithm that exists where if there's a watch, like it will hit someone's recommended or for you page or their subscription feed or whatever on, you know, whatever. And, and if someone watches it, it's like, oh my God, the person, the first person we showed this to watched the entirety of it. Or the first person we showed this to watched it twice and mm-hmm. shared it. And then, so now it pushes it to more pages. And then it's like, oh, that person watched it and shared it. That person watched it and shared it. That person watched it three times. Like, and then now the song, and then it just, dude, it's like a crazy web. It's awesome. Okay. And those are the main ways you cultivate and grew your brand. What, what about like um, mainstream media? Um, yeah. Like what about some um, interviews and things like that? Or that's more uh, like traditional media, right? So yeah, super important. I think you're hitting, you're hitting different people um, in different uh, ages, right? I think if you're, you know, when I go on Jimmy Fallon, I'm not going on there for the kids. I go on there for, um, you know, people my age who might be watching late night television, of course, and uh, the, the adults, right. The um, like my parents and grandparents and things like that, they'll watch that and they can bond over that with their kids and their grandkids and things like that. Um, for me, I, I just focus on hitting like everything, you know, um, to do a couple of interviews online, post a couple of videos, do a couple um, you know, live shows and, and podcasts and things like that. Oh, okay. And was, was there like a big tipping point? Was it really gradual or were there, were there the points where it just boomed for no inexplicable reason? Maybe there was, or. So uh, again, you usually have to, so, but this was like before TikTok where I, I, I blew up before I even started uploading to TikTok. Um, okay. TikTok was something recent. So this is pre TikTok, everything I'm about to say. Um, so I started building my following on Justin TV, right? That's where I really, really gained my followers and, and people started to know who I was. And I told them to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, right? And I just started uploading stuff there. I would basically use my entire audience that I had on Justin TV and Twitch, and I would tell them to go follow me on these places. And then, of course, I'm meeting people playing Halo and, and professionally competing, and I'm meeting developers, and you know they're following, they're following, they're following. So the numbers always are constantly growing. And as I'm posting content, like it, it just goes you know more and more viral and things like that. So when Fortnite started coming out, that was when I started uploading consistently to Instagram every single day. I would do like a clip of the day where I would hit something amazing on stream, post it on Instagram, post it on Twitter, post it on um you know, like a little YouTube short or whatever. And dude, yeah. I mean, as Fortnite blew up and as my stream blew up, you know, it blew up on Instagram and, and YouTube and Twitter. Okay. All right. Um, uh, I had a thought, but I totally forgot what it was. Um, <laughs> It'll it was come back. really exciting to watch it grow. Like this was, I mean, I actually think it's one of the most exciting things to just grow in the first place. And, to actually then even once you get there it's kind of like you just stay there is what i would think um but it's but it's going to a new uh at least it's like getting to a new place in life at least that's how yeah. i was when i was yeah. uh hmm? no yeah definitely man uh definitely uh, i mean i i think that you know luckily i had everyone in my circle tell me that like the numbers wouldn't stay like what's happening to you is what happens to someone maybe like maybe like one person in a year like that's what a lot of my, you know, friends and um, people in the professional, you know, end of the business, you know, my managers and things like that, my agents, and they were like, and people, you know, the YouTube 
YouTube um, employees, like I gained like 23 million, 24 million subscribers in like a year and a half. That is un- unbelievably ridiculous. Um, and I was, again, everyone was like, this isn't like, these numbers will not last. So like prepare yourself for that. And then, you know, and, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, dude, yeah, I was averaging like three to four or 5 million views every YouTube video. And it could be pretty much anything um, on Instagram and Twitter. I was getting, you know, millions of views on every clip. And obviously as for, the hype of Fortnite um, just slowed down and kind of leveled, you know, hit that plateau and leveled. Um, now I'm starting to, you know, be confident and more comfortable with like, I still hit like a couple million views sometimes on some clips on TikTok and Instagram reels and things like that. And that feels great um, mm-hmm. to know that I still have that pull. Um, and my YouTube is starting to ramp back up again, cr- coming up with more creative content and things like that. I mean, it's, it's good. I'm like challenged again and, and, and driven to, you know, get back to kind of a, a, an upward trend again, you know? Okay. I want to talk a bit about more, uh, more about that in a moment. Uh, is that, it, it feels hard to get it, get to that kind of parabolic state again. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, uh, is, does that have uh, something to do with what made you decide to write books? Uh, what made you, because that seems like a very different sort of thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that was just my, the, the, the whole getting into, you know, ninjas get good, get guide to gaming or whatever, get good guide to gaming. That was, um, that was my agents. Like they're like, Hey, Tyler, we have a really great opportunity here. Um, and I, at that point in my career as well, was really interested in just giving back to, you know, I get as a streamer, I get asked the same question every single day. Like, how do I start streaming? How do I improve my aim? How do I, you know, do this? What do I need to start streaming? It was the same reason I did a masterclass recently too, where like, I just want to help people out. I'm at the point of my career. I'm 30 years old. I, you know, I don't plan on streaming for the next 15, 20 years of my life. Um, where there are a lot of, you know, streaming really is beneficial in terms of how long you stream It's beneficial for the young, younger generation and the younger audience. Um, because I don't, I don't like streaming 18 hours a day anymore. Right. Um, so I'm kind of like passing the torch, you know, that was what, that was like the, the book that was the masterclass, um, just kind of passing off the torch and just giving, uh, giving some of the advice back, you know? Have okay. it all in, have it all in a place, so I don't right. have to be live every day, and then and yeah, in order so, to give out the information, so you can be more free to do other things, perhaps as well. Yep. Okay. And uh, what what sort of advice would you be giving to your younger self? Um, <laughs> what, like, what would you? What's what's the sage wisdom that uh, you know now that? Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of streaming, right, my advice for streamers um, always is and always has been. Consistency is super key, but if you like, if you, you have to genuinely ask yourself, like, do you have a gift? Like, are you gifted? Because I don't know a lot of average people um, with average social skills that are really good streamers or big streamers for that matter. Um, You know, you have to have something to offer, right? At the end of the day, streaming is entertainment. Um, It's the entertainment business and you know, you have to be entertaining. And, And my number one advice to people who are starting out or if they're super young, well, you know, what's really entertaining being really, really good at whatever you're streaming or whatever game you're playing. And I know that sounds, it's very simple, but to compare it, like look at the MLB, look at the NFL, um, you know, take any professional level sport. And I'm going to compare it to a sport because this is very comparable in terms of viewing, like people watch others who are better, right? That's the reason people watch the NFL. Like I am, I am, am not able to, you know, play against, a 330 pound all muscle linebacker like or 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 defensive lineman in 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 football like 
I can't do that. I love watching other people do it, right? I love watching people, you know, catch one-handed 80-yard freaking, you know, Hail Marys to win a game. I can't do that, but I love watching it. It's super entertaining to watch someone else do it. Same thing with streaming. Like if somebody's better than you at a video game and you like that video game or you watch that video game, like you're going to watch somebody who's just enter- really fucking good, right? And you don't, you could be as dull as a rock. You can have no social skills, but if you are streaming your gameplay and you're the best fucking player in the world at whatever game is viral right now, um, dude, yeah, you're going to, you're going to blow up. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm one thing I want to ask, but I don't want to go too deep into it is sure. do you have any kind of, uh, what do you think about just like if someone just really wants very badly to succeed and just puts in a shitload of effort uh, towards you don't think there's any value to that if they have like some kind of talent but it's not so clear how good they are kind of thing where it's not like you know you're you're going up against a 300 pound linebacker kind of thing where you just right, right. idea yeah I, I think that then that, that kind of like scales down then right I mean there's like the what's like the, it's like the AFL or something like that the like the NFL like below the NFL or something I mean that's kind of like what you're hitting right you have to think of like the if you're not as talented right you have to make up for it in something else Sure. So, right. Okay. So, so you could be incredibly funny, right. Or you could be super tech savvy and have like one of the most like advanced technical streams where, you know, there was this kid who went viral on TikTok because okay. he killed someone playing Valorant and then literally pressed a button and, and a rave went off in his stream room. Literally there were flamethrowers going up and like the music was going and, and like, it looked like he was in a nightclub and like, and, the, and he went, com- he went completely viral. Okay. And it's like, the guy got one kill, huh. but he turned his entire stream room into a rave. Like when he got the kill, like shit like that. You know what I mean? Like be super creative um, on, on that, on the, the technical side. That's a, or again, some people are really great at creating communities. Hmm. You know, so you can, you can be like the chillest streamer, listen to the uh, most amazing music and you just have this great environment, you know, and you just kind of build your community from there. Again, I, I think it's going to, that way it takes longer. That's a long game. Um, but yeah, yeah really community doesn't sound like an easy thing, but that those seem like great examples for people that aren't savants or, uh, geniuses or whatever yeah. in some really obvious way, because that probably accounts for a lot of the population in some kind of way, just that they need to change their angle, mm-hmm. um, just find some way to stand out. That's not like dealing with the 300 pound quarterback right. or like trying to beat you at video games kind of thing. Exactly. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, and what do you see uh, the future of gaming and streaming? It sounds like you don't want to stream that much anymore. Um, uh, but I mean, it doesn't sound like you're going to quit video games anytime soon. And now, now you're interested in poker. It looks like. Oh, absolutely. I, I know you played a little bit in your child. Well, when you were younger, not childhood. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you have a bit of experience. Um, so yeah. Talk about the future. What do you think? Um so yeah, I don't think I'll, I, I don't see a future soon where I, I completely quit streaming, of course, but yeah, I mean, definitely reeling back the hours where I don't plan on doing, you know, massive amounts of days. And uh, I think the future of, of streaming uh, right now, it's kind of catering a little bit toward, um, reaction streamers where a lot of people are just literally watching TV shows and, and reacting to drama and news. Um, it's not my forte. I don't really like that. Um, again, I've always been a gamer. I love gaming. I start my stream and I'm literally in a game of Fortnite or whatever I'm playing within yeah. five within five minutes um you know i don't welcome the chat i don't sit there and welcome the chat and talk and discuss topics and politics and things like that i just i immediately want to get into the game and i want to you know have fun and perform uh and entertain the way that i know how um so 
I mean, I don't know what the future of gaming holds, but for me personally, yeah, dude, after that, after that tournament, man, I have been obsessed with poker. I had so much fun. Um, just straight, straight addicted almost immediately. I mean, I, I've been watching it on YouTube every day. 1v1s, I'm watching Heads Up. A lot of the high stakes poker games and watching a lot of the World Series poker final tournaments or final tables. Um, my brother in law came and visited. We went to a poker room that's like 30, 45 minutes away. A local poker room is a $220 buy in. Obviously, like, you know, chump change, but I didn't care because I wanted to, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to play the game, right? I, I want more experience than just like playing online right now. Um, mm -hmm. And there were like 80 people, 80 buy ins, super chill. I got fifth place. Oh, not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, not bad. Fifth place, man. First, my, like my first ever non, you know, it was a, my first ever tournament style poker, poker tournament where it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a cash game. Um, and that was, dude, it was, oh man, it was invigorating. I loved it, man. I played fucking phenomenal. I didn't, I didn't have a single bad beat. That's how I know I'm having a great day or I'm playing, I'm just playing really good poker. Um, is like, it, I, I don't have any bad beats. I'm not, I'm not calling something on the turn of the river. I'm not that, that I, I, where I'm just literally. Out. Okay. Okay. Like, yeah, that is true. The less bad beats you're giving out, the better the general sign is. Right. Uh, I think someone told me that when I was just starting out and trying to figure. Um, yeah. When I was back in my early days, but it makes sense, right? Because you're, the more you're sucking out, it's like the more you have to get lucky. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, I remember I did actually watch the stream a bit myself. And my my impression was uh, I got the impression that you were playing better than uh, the other guys on the hole on the table. Um, I'd have to I didn't watch the full stream, so I don't know. Like, yeah, but it seemed like, uh, you know, with with a background in gaming and in, with a bit of an obsessive personality, I'm sure you'll be able to figure out if you put in quite some effort. It's quite a bit different from other games in certain ways because you have to Definitely. look at things uh, very differently. It's, um, if that makes some kind of sense. Yeah, no, it definitely does. My, again, my brother-in-law is like a, he dealt poker for like five years. He absolutely loves poker. Like he's obsessed with it. Um, more than like more than me, right. He's been doing he, the amount of hours he has into it is probably like, you know, a thousand times more what I have, um, in terms of experience. And he was here for a week and we were, I was just playing online next to him for like, sometimes like four or five hours in a row. And he was teaching me all these terms and things like that, because what I'm lacking right now are the technicalities um, and, and the terms. He's talking about range. He's like, uh, and, and, and things like that. And I'm like, and dude, for the first like two, three days, I'm like, what the fuck does range mean? Like, stop. Like, I don't like, what do you mean? He could have seven, eight because he's on big line. And that's what he's calling. Like, instead of like, you know, how do you know he doesn't have aces or ace check? And he's like, you look at how they're betting. Are they three Xing? Are they five Xing? Are they re-raising? Like, and and it, I'm starting to like accumulate the minimal knowledge to, to be able to now use, you know, my gaming talents and actually be able to perform really well. And what I mean by that is like, when I was sat down at that table, I was immediately looking for tells on people. Um, and I feel like, I, I feel like I almost had pretty much everyone down instantly again. Like I don't, I don't that night, my only bad beat that I remember that was just horrible was to fucking Mr. Beast to all in me. Because of a uh, what? What is it when you um uh when like you so the big blind was two hundred and they they made it four hundred then eight hundred then sixteen hundred and they just kept going yeah, around and around. Yeah. yeah they straddled the shit out of it and he was at like he was pot committed basically because he had like twenty four k or some shit I have ace king he's at queen six yeah and the flop comes like queen six and that was like the only bad beat that I had but other than that like I, I was I was on point 
it felt good. And pretty much the same thing um, at the poker room too. I had great reads on people. I didn't have any dead beats. And it's like, dude, I just, I'm fucking, I'm obsessed with it. I love it. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you, do you, do you plan on playing lots of uh, tournaments or how do you plan on, on using this? So you just want to play and, and it's fun and that kind of thing. Uh, do you have any ideas for your brand for what you want to do with it or what are your plans? <laughs> Dude, I'm thinking, so right now for me, it's about just getting as much experience as possible so that when I, I, I plan on going to tournaments that I'm invited to, I'm assuming hopefully there's going to be another, you know, celebrity tournaments or whatever, where, you know, influencers and things like that, those will probably, you know, pop up. Um, I think, of, you know, Phil Helm already hit me up. And um, so is Jason um, and uh, like inviting me to things. And I just don't want to get, I don't want to get fucking swindled, right? I'm going to yeah, try to go to these tournaments and just get raked, you know, $100,000 buy-in cash game. And, um, and I'm just getting fucking railed. Uh, yeah, I would, uh, I mean, I'd have some advice on that sort of thing, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no. So again, I, I, I plan on, and dude, I can afford to, to lose that and be a part of those types of games and just kind of get the experience and have fun. And that's really ultimately like, what I'm looking for, I think, to start is is just have fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to continue to take it like very serious because I do want to improve. And that's a competitive nature in me. Um, yeah. I'm going to keep going to the poker room that's near me and, and just keep playing like low stakes and just kind of, you know, get my reps in and and just kind of iron out the the shittiness. Yeah, yeah. No, that's actually a great idea. That's that's the what that's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's that's the perfect thing to do it. So uh, you're not really supposed to say your strategy publicly, but it doesn't really matter because no one's going to like, they won't be intimidated until you like show that you're really crushing them and that kind of thing. Or they they think you are kind of thing because you're new to it and they're going to think, let's play with this guy kind of. That's that's all. Yeah. I sat down at this table, this local table and uh, the people at the poker room, like the employees knew who I was, but none of the players did. It was a lot of like 40 to 40, like 70 year olds uh, was like the range of people that I was playing with at the start. And I had people that were like calling me um, really early on some bad cards like that they had. And I'm sitting here like only playing, you know, pretty much premium hands. My first couple of um, first couple of hands. Cause I, you know, I'm not trying to get fucking sucked in early. Um, and I'm just, I, you know, I'm just crushing them. I'm like, what are you calling with that? Like I got a real read real fast on the table that like they were either, they weren't very good or like a lot of them were, calling for like, I could just tell him like, this guy's on a straight draw. This guy's on a flush draw. Like, you know, they're check, check calling, check calling. And that's what my, you know, my brother taught me going into it. Like, and, and cause he always told me to check call if I'm on a flush or a straight draw sometimes. And I was well, call him on. It's not always, I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to spice it up every now and then you want to do exactly. a little, right. um, so I also, uh, I want to say, don't listen to Philomies all the time. I 100%. don't know. If- <laughs> Dude, I've been watching so many of his heads ups. And it's just so, dude, like, some, like sometimes this, one of the guys is this, this big shirtless dude, this big beefhead man, and he got under his skin so bad, like so bad. Like he was like, Phil, just he completely just full tilted, man. He was like making just ridiculous raises and random calls um, huh. and he ended up losing. But yeah, that's I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know. You just got to you got to stay level headed. And that's what I'm going to try to do. Uh, for sure. Well, you have to. Uh, one important thing that I think a lot of pokers, uh, poker players forget also is you have to have fun. You, it's it's a yes. it's, it's a bit underrated that people don't uh, they don't intuitively understand or understand or whatever they have to do 
to have fun at the poker table for all sorts of reasons. Right. Uh, it's hard to have fun when you're losing. That's real talent. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's one thing. One reason why I I think it'd be cool if uh, you get involved into poker, you'd be able to play a lot of uh, private sorts of things that would be good for you if you handle those situations right. And um, yeah, it, it's even like you could even make decent amount of money. I don't know what's big money for you. Dude, for me, it's just like, it's just how, again, I'm playing right now and I would attend these types of tournaments, these types of poker games for experience and mm-hmm. like for, for fun. And again, dude, from a brand standpoint, dude, this is something that, dude, this was not in the cards, pun intended. Um, you know, I didn't, it, it was super last minute. I'm getting my hair done. Literally, I'm getting my hair done. I'm sitting in my, in the chair, getting my hair colored. And I got a DM like, Hey, are you going to like, are you going to be the ninth seat tonight in the game? Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. I, I originally said, no, I was like, nah, man, I can't do it. I, I'm good. And then, um, Ludwig, the guy who, uh, who hosted it was like, oh man, that's a shame, dude. Because he's like, this is an opportunity that I wouldn't pass up is what he said. And I was like, and I just had this urge. I don't know what it was. I was like, yeah, all right, man. All right, I'll do it. I'm in. And, and now like, uh, this is like this world that I'm, I'm, I'm reaching so many new eyes. And, uh, I'm, again, I'm genuinely loving it that uh, I think I, I hopefully I can bring, it's like a wombo combo, right? I love to come to a lot of more of these tournaments with some of these bigger guys and basically skip the line, which I feel like is what I've already done. And, but hopefully I'm bringing super fresh eyes and, and, and a bunch of people to, to Texas Hold'em, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can, you can absolutely, you can do both. Actually, you can, I imagine you would, act, um, it's, it's kind of a bit of a unique audience, I would say. Um, and uh, yeah, you can definitely skip the line quite a bit. So that, that might be fun for you. Yeah. I mean, it's already like, the, again, the, the me continuing to go down the path of poker and I was already like, it's the same thing when I did, um, you know, first time ever on Jimmy Fallon or on the mask singer where I, I stepped outside my comfort zone and I did something that like, I don't normally do, which is stream. Um, and I have people coming up to me and they're like, bro, I saw you on the mask singer. You were dope. Like, oh my God, you're ninja from the mask singer. And it's like, it's just so weird. I'm hitting like, this never happens. People say, Hey, you're the YouTuber. And now dude, I mean, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm walking around, I'm going to bars and things like that or whatever. And I'm like, yo, dude, that poker game, man, I call you. I didn't know you played poker, bro. I saw you on that. And like, yo, you're that guy from poker. And it's like, dude, it's, it's mind blowing. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, you, it's yeah, that you're getting like uh, new recognition from it. It sounds like, um, sounds like you enjoy that sort of thing as well. Uh, that you enjoy the the fame a bit. Um, I want to ask. So the theme of the podcast is winning the game of life. Obviously, you've done really well in your field, extremely well. Um, sounds like you'd like to give back. Do you give back at all in other avenues, um, or just help people out with, you know, uh, give back in terms of advice and um, how they grow the how they want to yeah. how they're supposed to grow the excuse me uh, how they are giving just help in helping people how to grow their brand or and how to become better at video games or yeah. uh, anything related. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, definitely, man. Definitely. Like we might, so my wife and I, every month we, we, um, we do something that's like kind of like a, a adopting a, an animal in a sense where, you know, we, we pay off somebody's vet bills. Um, mm-hmm. Jess will tweet out and we'll, you know, go through a couple of people's tweets and replies uh, if they're having struggle with, you know, their animals and things like that. And, and we'll just, 
Venmo them, you know, cash. Well, obviously ask for like, you know, receipts and, and pictures and, you know, evidence, of course, that, you know, they're, they're actually have these animals and things like that. Um, that's like some little stuff that we do. Uh, a lot of my friends are, are super active in doing uh, charity streams. Uh, one of my buddies, Dr. Lupo, he does these massive charity streams every year, raises money for St. Jude heavily donate there every year and sometimes participate in doing like a stream block where I'll take over the stream for like an hour or two and try to raise as much money for my fans as possible and things like that. Um, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, man, we don't do it's whenever we see something that we believe in in a cause, it's nothing crazy. Uh, we, and sometimes we, we don't even tell people about it. Right. I, I you know, we don't, Hey, everyone just donated a hundred thousand to, uh, you know, this step uh, enter, you know, whatever charity here. And so Jess and I are always looking for, for charities and things to support. Okay. Awesome. Uh, yeah. It's inspiring that, you know, people in your position are uh, giving back in these kinds of ways, uh, showing that you believe in these um, higher virtues because not everyone in, in uh, <laughs> who is made it to the top essentially is doing these kinds of things. And people even right. say that everyone's selfish at the top. I don't believe that. Uh, but I've seen a lot of both sides, frankly. Yeah. And uh, I also like, I, I read a little bit about you. I read that you only support things that you believe in. I, I personally think that things like that are really important. And um, I think that ultimately supporting things that if you support things that you don't believe in, uh, it ends up being, yeah, it's just, uh, basically, I think people should only take sponsorships for things that they believe in and not support the bad things. There's a lot of that yeah. out there. Yeah, absolutely, man. Reading uh, about, yeah, I I could go. I could talk about that forever, man. I I think it's kind of like um, like you can make an analogy or compare it to like lying and things like that. Where it, the more you lie, you have to keep lying. Oh, 100%. lie, right? You have to add to the lie. You have to add to the lie. And that, dude, I I get like severe anxiety watching movies or shows where that are based upon like betrayal and lies. Um, yeah. Huh. Okay. it's it's dude it's like i i, I like sometimes like i i just i can't even watch it because i i put myself in their their shoes and i imagine the amount of stress that they have like every single day every waking moment of your life you're thinking about like what if somebody knows or like what if you know what if this person tells or what if so yeah i mean i i take that in every aspect of my life when it comes to you know brand deals and things like that um so you know, for instance, I was with Rebel for several years. I loved Rebel. I love the company. I love the energy drink. Um, you know, we couldn't come to some some terms, and we we ended up both going our separate ways. My the next company I picked up was a company that I literally started drinking. You know, G Fuel when I was starting out streaming ten years ago, a decade ago. Something again that I believed in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's I oh and it's just it feels good knowing that if anyone ever calls me out or haters or whatever, and they're like, oh, did you sell out? say listen man i use the products that i that i'm sponsored by like you know i've had my agents and people and companies come up to me all the time and they're like hey man we'd love to give you x amount of money to do this and this and this i'm like well i don't use your product or or i don't like it so like it's just not going to happen and that's not always um you know agents aren't always the happiest when things like that uh, happen but Uh, well you have to find the right people for sure absolutely uh no i mean it's no um I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> um, one thing I always, I've always believed in is the truth. And I personally believe that if the truth is bent in some kind of way, it'll ultimately in, in a really, in the really long run in poker terms, uh, I don't know if there's some kind of equivalent in gaming, but um, 
it'll in the super long run it'll hurt even the person who does lie and as you said you need to know the lies that you've told and you need to keep lying and keep perpetuating it and it's really easy to forget little details and supporting brands that you don't believe in is lying in my opinion a hundred percent i totally agree and it leads all your fans astray and that kind of thing um uh one last thing yeah so what are your plans for the future how do you plan on uh building your brand and yeah, what what are the new plans? How are you? How is uh? What's the the next generation of Ninja? What what's in the cards for the next generation of Ninja? Um, I think uh, so. We just had this big rebrand, uh, a much simpler uh, simpler logo, um, a little bit more professional, more more clean looking. Um, recent, and so that was you know one of the steps. We just recently started. Uh, uh, one of our episodes came out where we filmed. I did some voice acting for a show called Duncanville. We did their season premiere of season two, I think, and it was. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Loved that. Um, so I think, you know, any and all voice acting, um, you know, super, I just, I, I just, I, I love doing stuff like that. Um, and fun, right? uh, yeah, yeah. And then unexpectedly, uh, I think uh, the, the poker stuff, man, I'm in a very unique opportunity right now where um, I am in love with something that I didn't realize how much I, I really enjoyed. And uh, again, I've kind of like, catapulted to this position where i'm able to you know go to these types of big tournaments and get invited to things like that so i think i think it's just uh more more poker personally okay all right more <laughs> cards in the more card. cards man all right well, yeah man keeps things simple okay uh is there anything else you'd like to talk about uh um, okay. i don't have i don't have anything left on my end man all right well it's been great having you tyler uh Look forward to seeing what you accomplished in poker. Um, Thank you, man. Look forward to your career rising and for you setting a good example for other people, for other people to, you know, who rise to the top and, uh, you know, want to, yeah, uh, succeed in a big way in the career and support all the things they believe in and even support altruism, whatever. Um, Good job. That's good, dude. Yeah, nice to meet you, Daniel. Thank you so much for your time, bud. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Winning the Game of Life. Tune in next week for another great episode. Of course, hit subscribe and follow Dan on Instagram at TheDanCates.